Hey ladies, and welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host, and I am so glad you are here listening today. This is a podcast by a 20-something for 20-somethings in hopes that we can be encouraged, inspired, and challenged in this crazy time of life. So grab something refreshing and let's get going. Hey ladies, and welcome back to another episode on the podcast. I am joined today by Scott Erickson. He is talking to me today about resting in the Lord through awe and wonder during this Advent season. Uh, And Scott highlights that our vulnerabilities and our weaknesses are points of reference for God's almighty power and majesty. He addresses the busyness of life and encourages us to make time to quiet our souls, seek, and remember the Lord. So let's get on with my conversation with Scott. Well, welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast, Scott. Well, thank you, Emma. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yes. Tell us a little bit about you and your life these days. Oh, well, my life these days is complicated <laughs> like everybody else's, but my uh, I have uh, I'm married and I have three kids. Uh, two are in school. They actually meet. We're here in Austin, Texas, but they actually meet in school. And then nice. we've got a little at home and my wife is a food blogger and I'm an artist. So we're both around doing our thing and uh, juggling yeah. that schedule together. But yeah. Yeah. I cannot imagine three kiddos. How old are they? Nine, eight, and two. Mm. Mm. The yeah. good ages. Yep. Where all the fun stuff happens. <laughs> You're <laughs> yeah, just chauffeurs is what you are, right? Chauffeurs and uh, yeah wrestlers and things like that yeah. <laughs> chefs and chefs and janitorial services yeah. yeah there's only about like 20 different job titles that you do with that right <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes well I would love to just kind of first ask you about your 20s because this is a podcast technically for ladies in their 20s though I've had many gentlemen on the show so hmm. you're not mm-hmm. the first Mm-hmm. So no worries. But what was life like for you in your 20s? Like what was good? What was hard? All the things. Oh, yeah. Your 20s. The 20s. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds so old. Back in the day. Yeah. Oh, remember those 20s? The 20s. <laughs> well, it it looked like college. So uh, the beginning of it was I was in college. I was at, I went, I was at Western Washington University, which is in Northern Washington State. That's where I, I grew up in Washington State. Um, and I was an education major, art major. Um, I lived in a house with some guys. I had a great college experience with them. Uh, didn't do much on like, it didn't do much on like campus life. Like I never went to a football game. I never went. We just like yeah. had a house. We all had, you know, a lot of us worked. So we just like had jobs, went to school. And then we just like hang out at our house and have campfires in the backyard. It's great. Um, (laughs) I worked for a college ministry after that for a year in the same town, Bellingham, Washington. And it's a great town, a little town on the ocean. uh, And love that. And then I felt this real desire to, I wanted to go back to Europe. I had lived in Europe for a year after high school and I wanted to go back and travel. And I wanted to also study the Bible. So I found this Bible school called Torchbearer International. They have campuses all over Europe and the world. And so I saved up money, sold my car, uh, got some inheritance money from my grandfather and then uh, went for a year, uh, 24 to 25 or like in there 
and uh, came back. That like changed my life. It was amazing. Mm. Came back broke, unemployed. Took me a long time to find a job at the <laughs> Outback Steakhouse is where I got oh, it. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Started substitute teaching, still waited tables. And then I found myself in my late 20s. This is all job orientation. I feel like adults are so number oriented. I mean, really, I was like hanging out with people, dating, not dating. Uh, Some of my friends had gotten married, some hadn't, um, having experiences. But your 20s, you're just kind of like, who am I? You know, like, what am I? And so I tried lots of things. uh, And, uh, but I, I eventually... I started substitute teaching. I eventually got a job teaching high school art Mm. at a high school. And then in like 27, I just had this moment where I was like a prep period Mm. uh, for my day. And I was writing on my board and I just remember stopping and being like, I just, if I, I will always want to, like, if I never try to be an artist, whatever that means, I'll always regret it. And at the Mm. time I was single, I think I just met, Holly, who's my wife now, but mm-hmm. we weren't dating or anything. Uh, but yeah, I was, yes. And I, so I ended up quitting teaching and pursuing art uh, for the rest of my twenties and up getting mm-hmm. married. My wife was, was my sugar mama during that time. <laughs> and I uh, was slowly fumbling my way through uh, what mm-hmm. being an artist is. Yeah. So yeah. that's a quick summation of my twenties, a lot of travel, uh, a lot of adventures, a lot of um, trying, trying things and exploring. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's a great, you know, encompassing of what twenties is. It's like, there's a lot going on. So many transitions. Yeah. Job yeah. transitions. You know, if you get married, travel, spend a year in a foreign country, like, you know, there's mm-hmm. so much to it. But there's like f- a, there's like a deep seated, uh, I think there's a loneliness that mm-hmm. you feel. I think a lot of people, and it's totally normal, but are like, I'm looking for a spouse. Mm-hmm. I remember at like 26 going, I thought I've, I thought, I I remember thinking I would have already thought I'd been married and maybe had a kid by now. Yeah. <laughs> and so, which now is just like, that's insane. But from the <laughs> conservative kind of Christian environment I grew up into, that was totally plausible. And some yeah. people had, some people already had, some of my friends already had kids. Yeah. So I really remember thinking, well, like, well, I've done a lot up to my life till now. I think by that time I had traveled like to 28 countries uh, and was just wow. like, I've done a lot of good things. So I guess mm-hmm. now all my plans are over. Let's see what comes up next, you know? Right. You're like, okay, yeah. checked all the boxes. Now what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would you tell like somebody who does feel like they're in that seat of like, oh man, here I am later twenties, or even, you know, if they feel like that in their early twenties of like, I should have done this. I should be in this place. Like, what do you think you would say to them now being on the other side of that? Yeah, I would say, uh, who, where did your should have come from? Like, who are your examples? And then broaden, uh, broaden your examples of a uh, the possibilities of an adult life. I, I think like one of our, one of our, tr- the traps that happens as we enter into adulthood and then also like kind of what your midlife crisis and things are, is there's a lot of should haves that you think you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And, and really you have a, you have a very small, I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody listening to this, but you have a small imagination of what an adulthood could be like. 
Uh, I remember this, I wasn't in my twenties, I was in my thirties, but I like left, I burned out at a job in ministry. And then I ended up working at a nonprofit for a while. Anyways, my first corporate environment, I had to go to Mm -hmm. this like big, a thousand person business place, uh, was for world vision, great company. I I really, I support them still, but like, I don't, I don't need to work at an office building. And, uh, I remember like I had to start driving in traffic and I talked to one of my supervisors like, Oh man, I'm not used to driving in traffic. He's like, well, welcome to adulthood. And I was like, Nope. A version of adulthood. That's adulthood doesn't mean you have to drive in traffic. There are adults who like run canoe shops. You know what I'm saying? Like the breadth of adulthood possibilities is immense. So Mm -hmm. it's just this kind of like, and I think that's, what's great about exploring and and meeting other people is like, wow, that's a possibility. You know, that I didn't realize that could be a possibility for my life. This, is, this feels like the story of a lot of people who are like, I got the corporate job and I was making so much money, but I was dead inside. And so I quit. <laughs> and then I finally pursued my passion. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of should have. And I don't know if you can, maybe you have to get dead inside before you actually find like what you're really into. I mean, maybe yeah. you have to go through the buying into like what you're pitched to through media and your parents. That's, yeah. So true. What you think your should haves are or what I should be or what I should be doing, you know? Yeah. We totally buy into whatever it is. The, the picture that's been painted for us is like, Oh, this is what you need to do. Yeah. So that's absolutely right. you know, I think a lot of us find ourselves, like you said, in a place where you kind of come to the end of yourself and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That wasn't that great. (laughs) So (laughs) what I thought was really awesome. is not that great anyway. So yeah, that's good. But I would love to jump into talking about your new project because I have had the joy of getting to dive a little bit into it. Um, and just like seeing your art and seeing your heart behind it. So I'd love for you to just kind of tell my listeners like a little bit about honest advent and like, what do you hope readers get out of it? Yeah. Um, well, Honest Advent started around a very similar time four years ago, which was mm. after an exhausting and divisive election. Uh, we were seeing images from Syria mm. that were devastating. Uh, mass shootings, Zika, Flint water crisis, a lot of things. And then um, I found myself in November walking into a store and just the blanket of Christmas decorations had descended on Western society. And mm. as it does every year. And I was like, Oh yeah, Christmas. And I, I had this distinct lament where I was like, man, none of this all just feels completely irrelevant to the world I find myself in. Mm-hmm. Not even just the like overly done Santa story, which is fine. I'm fine with Santa. Just like, <laughs> but if you go on Netflix, you're like, how many Santa stories are there? Right. You know, like <laughs> how much technology do they have at the North Pole? We should go up there and use some of that stuff. Um, <laughs> but even the stuff from my Christian tradition just felt sanitized and safe and not human. It felt very like it wasn't even a human story. It was just like a mm-hmm. mythical story of other people. And my, I'm not a woman, but I'm married to one. And I have witnessed <laughs> three pregnancies and births up close and just... Mm. I was like, what I know to be true about the process of pregnancy and birth is that it's very wonderful and transformational, but it's risky and it's painful and it has lots of fluids in it. And, um, and I just, I needed to find like, a, like really where I was, at was like, I don't 
I feel like Christmas, the way we celebrate it just doesn't mean anything for us anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had lost the wonder of it. And so I, my prayer was just like, how do I find wonder again? And I, I really looked at like the, that incarnation, even human incarnation. And then when I say incarnation, meaning something that wasn't, that is now, uh, involve it comes through human vulnerability and god came through that same process mm-hmm. uh is through human vulnerability so i started looking at the whole i guess nativity story through human vulnerability not just like what jesus partook in which is for you know what what we know about god from the first i guess from the first years of god incarnating in, in like in jesus life was like God was like, I want to start the whole conversation by you having to take care of me for a really long time. Mm. You know, what kind of God comes into the story and goes, I'm going to be so completely fragile and weak that I have to rely on you for my survival for mm. a, for years, years and years and years. Like that is, that's very wondrous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, and what, I guess like what really was to me was I'm a bad religious person. No, I'm, I'm fine. But like, I don't hear, I've worked at churches and stuff and there's a lot of hype for Christmas and Easter. And I find that Christmas day and Easter uh, feel very disappointing because mm-hmm. there's all this kind of like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then it, the day comes and you're like, I'm still, worshiping an invisible God and there's no like tangible Mm. physical thing in my midst. Um, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do about that if I'm honest. And I, my real question was like, is Christmas a memorial service or is it a birthday party? Mm. A memorial service is something that happened long ago. And we go, wasn't that amazing that that happened long ago? And a birthday party means it's happening still and right now. Mm. And I was like, if you ask any kid at a church, like what's Christmas? They're like, it's Jesus's birthday. So we're saying it's a birthday party. So where's Jesus? Like, where's Jesus in our midst? Is Christ still coming into our midst? Not as, not through a womb of a, a woman, but like still in our lives, in our everyday human vulnerability. And maybe the place we connect with God is by actually paying attention to those vulnerable places in our lives. Because God is, I would say is God is still those are still the avenues of connecting with the divine is our, Mm. is our vulnerability. And now more than ever, not more than ever, but this particular (laughs) season where we find ourselves in, Mm -hmm. we are very in tune with our vulnerabilities and weaknesses. Yes, that is so true. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about next is like, okay, as Christians here in 2020, or maybe even non-believers here in 2020, you know, the best year earth has had so far, you know, (laughs) like how do we approach or how like, are you kind of envisioning we approach Advent season? Mm. That's a great question. Uh, I mean, the book kind of gives you 25 touch points for like places to start, like Mm -hmm. a question, a, a consideration. Um, I would say like my own, my own invitation or leading would be like, what kind of, what does this say about what kind of God this is? Um, What does this story reveal about what kind of God? So if God, cause here's the thing, like 
like if you grew if I don't know who you're, you know, who's all listening, but if you did grow up in kind of like American Christianity, and I'm I'm not saying like Jesus isn't victorious, but there's a lot of like, we're the best religion, we got the right way, we're the best, you know. So there's a lot of uh victor there's a lot of power and victory based in our like assumptions about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's always like, we're on the winning side. So everything we view is like, well, you know, <laughs> Jesus is going to die, but he wins and Jesus is going to be born, but he wins and we win and stuff. And yet <laughs> I would, I would say to you, actually, if we're talking to most of the people in their twenties um, by your mid thirties, you're either going to have to start lying to yourself or you're totally going to throw away your faith because mm-hmm. that stops working. Mm. Um, there is a whole other theological way of looking at the whole story of Jesus, which is Paul, uh, in, when he's writing to the Philippians in the second chapter, he says, uh, Jesus took on weakness. He humbled himself and took on the form of a person. And part of that weakness and part of that vulnerability was not knowing mm. yeah, Cause I think what we get really bored with Jesus is when we're like, imagine Jesus knows everything. Mm -hmm. Because imagine if you had a relationship with somebody who knew everything and they would like, how was your day? And you're like, oh, thanks. Yeah, my day was, uh," and they're like, I'm just kidding. I already know. Like there's no relationship. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I think there's this kind of like, well, God already knows everything. I mean, Jesus says our father in heaven knows it all. But if we look at the story of Jesus, of Jesus beset with not knowing, then when you look at the garden, when he's weeping and saying, take this cup for me, it's because he didn't know for sure if he was going to be resurrected or not he had to go through the same unknownness of having to die like we do like you can look at the whole story of jesus not knowing hearing from the father like i heard from my father the spirit has told me what to say but that changes how you see everything and then when you see that jesus as it like jesus partook in not knowing then you can connect with god in your not knowing Hmm. like you not knowing what about your future about how things are going to turn out like that feeling of vulnerability and weakness see like the religion that's just like everything's gonna be okay everything are it all works out and stuff like that Hmm. like that's a that's a too easy of a solution because that doesn't mean that you won't (laughs) die or get sick or lose an arm to a shark ask bethany hamilton you know like like life is this kind of risky, weird, absurd experience. And the longer you live, you'll experience that. And your smallness of God involved with a life that's always winning will Mm. fall apart, Mm. will fall apart. But the women and men who are saints of our faith are the ones who've seen the divine right in the midst of their vulnerability, right Mm. in the midst of their not knowing, right in the midst of their like hard, hard situations. Mm-hmm. And that is where I think the wonder and the, the revival of faith comes from. So let's mm-hmm. talk about like some of the places we don't know. When's, uh, when's this going to end this global pandemic? No yeah. one knows. Yeah. No one knows. Yeah. No one knows. Nobody has a, a clear idea. We know it eventually will, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. So we have no way of really making plans. Uh, so there's something you aren't in charge of, uh, how's this, I don't know when this is going to release, but you know, we're right in the middle of a political thing. How's this all going to work out? We don't really know. We'll have Mm -hmm. to see, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of feelings. There's a lot of struggle with power. So we're, we're bumping up against where we think we have power and agency in the world and where we feel like we don't have power and agency in the world. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what about our financial state? If you're in your twenties now, you're like, do I even have a chance at a job? Uh, Mm-hmm. And then do I even, am I even going to live in a world that is going to sustain human life for a long time? Like mm-hmm. with an ever-changing climate, does Jesus have any plans for that? You know, mm-hmm. like if I'm really honest, I have, I keep asking God, I'm like, do you, do you have, uh, do you have some wisdom for us in this climate change? Do you, like, are there things that you could, like, uh, we could use some help. Like, do you have any plans? Can you do anything? <laughs> like, that is a legit prayer I have. Like, mm-hmm. I would like to help if you, those who, like, help us. Like, do you have plans for that? Mm-hmm. So, like, all of a sudden, all of these vulnerabilities that we go, God, I'm so weak. I don't wish, I don't like showing that to people. Is like the exact place of talking with God. Mm-hmm. It's the exact place where that starts from. Yeah, so, I would say Let's start with all our fears that we have right now. Yeah. And being honest about them. Like you being said, not just them. saying like, oh, it's going to be fine. You know, if I just trust in the Lord, like everything's going to work out. And so everything's going to go great. And yes, he works all things for our good and for his glory. But like, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows, like you said. Yeah. I mean, I think the, uh, I have it up on my wall is the, uh, Julian of Norwich, uh, all shall be well, Mm. all shall be well, all manners of things shall be well. Like I do believe in the arc of sovereignty, but I do, I do. I mean, and (laughs) this is, unless you've had friends die at young ages, which I did in my twenties, like you will go, Oh, I'm mortal. And I, I have, I'm beset with weaknesses and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that 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 line between life and death is really it's a lot closer than you think mm-hmm. every day. So how does that compel us to live then? You know, right. those are those are the questions. Yeah, and those are great questions to be just like considering, like you said, going into Advent and kind of thinking about, okay, you know, maybe even like what things have I believed in the past and um how could I kind of take maybe what I either grew up with or what I think about all of this and like actually line it up with the word and actually see like the person of Jesus, right. was such a relational person. And so no other, you know, gods or prophets or figures out there were like that. I mean, they were people, but they did not resurrect from the grave. (laughs) And they knew all the answers for a certain people group. Yeah. Whereas Jesus cried and Jesus sat with people who no one liked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I tell people like I'm a Christian. Yes. Because of the resurrection and, uh, and personal experiences with a resurrected Jesus. But like, I'm also a Christian because of the shortest verse in the Bible, which is Jesus wept. Mm. Um, because if there was a story of God participating in human life and there wasn't a story of that participant crying at their friend's funeral, Mm. uh, I wouldn't believe it because I've had to cry at my friend's funeral Mm. and I would just be like, you're insulated from the whole thing if that's not part of the experience. So like that, Mm. 
even even though he resurrects Lazarus, I mean, is where's Lazarus now? Like he still mm-hmm. died, you know. Like there's still. I'm an Enneagram four. If you want to get into death, I have a whole show about death. We can get into death. <laughs> but uh, we're talking about Advent, which is really about birth. But I I think what is I, it's even a chapter in there, which is about the one who is to come, the Lamb who is to come. It's like how do we experience this like future Jesus? It's like it's the one we're going to meet after we die. So we can, st- we have to have a conversation with that Jesus. Cause like a real question at death is like, am I going to be okay on the other side when I have to let go of all the strength I have? That's one of my vulnerabilities mm-hmm. is like, I'm not in charge of what happens after this. Mm-hmm. And so there's still this. And then what we see is this Jesus died too. So we all, we, we have, and I think where we're getting this bigger idea is like, where do for Advent is that like Jesus what we see about God is a God participating with human life. Mm. And uh, I think, I think what we find in faith is like uh, the wonder comes when we realize that God is already participating in our Mm. lives. I'm a Mm. spiritual director. I've written a couple books on prayer with my friend, Justin McRoberts and our premise, like here's, here's what I think is helpful is a reframing is like spirituality is not about getting God's attention spirituality is about awakening to the work and and voice of god already in your life Mm. like you're not a like emma you have i i know because we prayed you talk to god where is the place from which you talk to god like you have in in all of us is some kind of for lack of a better term inner doorway inner telephone that allows us to talk to god Mm -hmm. did somebody give you that were you ever without that did it is that like no so Mm -hmm. all that phone call got awakened in you at some point as Mm -hmm. it did in me Mm -hmm. and that when we so here's the here's the difference those of us who grew up religious is like we were taught like we need to go to other countries and help put the phones inside of people (laughs) versus how do we be in people's lives and go, Hey, do you pick up that phone? Mm. Hey, have you, do you pick up that phone call? Yeah. You have a phone in you that's ringing. Mm. Are you picking, have you picked it up? Why yeah. haven't you, mm. you know what I'm saying? It's not about us bringing it. It's about us identifying and calling out the phone call that's already in there. Mm. And I would say like, like how, so when we enter into Advent, which is just made up, it's just invented. It's just a season, but really mm-hmm. what it's going is like, it's helping us just go, Hey, God came in our, Christ came in our midst in a very tangible way. Is Christ still coming in our midst? How can I, mm. where's the phone call in my life that's happening? How mm. can I answer it? Have I been ignoring it? Mm. Have I muffled it? Because I don't want to, I don't want to answer that call. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that it's, I, I, that's what the book is trying to do is going, I don't need you to come to my church. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just think the phone's already in you. Mm. Oh, and I, and I think this is a season to go, let's answer that call and see God in our midst already. Yeah. It's already, it's still happening now. It's not a story back then. It's a story that's happening right now. Mm, that's good. And I, I can't help but think like, you know, when you're saying, you know, we have that, we have the call it's ringing. God is there always there. He is always present. It's not like, hello. All right, cool. Like, I guess I'll, I guess I'll catch you tomorrow. Miss missed out, you know, like, I wonder how much we answer the phone call with 
social media and mm. answer the phone call with um, just listening to the world um, mm. instead of instead of asking God like what how it aligns with him and what he thinks about it. And instead it's like, I need to look at all these resources and look at all these things to see yeah. what, what is the answer when we're not even picking up the phone to talk to God about it. And like knowing that he will reveal that to us in his, you know, in whatever capacity he sees fit. Yeah. And so for those I, of you not who can't see us, uh, Emma's just heading her cat, which <laughs> I just got, Really jealous because I used to have a couple cats and I was just like, I want to be petting a cat. <laughs> You're like, this girl, she's crazy. I was like, wait. She wouldn't shut up. So I, I would like a, her up. I would like a podcast cat. <laughs> yeah, she's she's uh, the podcast uh, class pet. So yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> um, I, I totally, I think what you're saying is great. And uh, here's what I think is interesting about COVID. Um, and I, and I, uh, I do, and I don't miss church. I mean, that's a loaded statement, but like, here's my lament about it. I'm in my hope. My lament is like, it's a wonderful thing to participate with other people. Like that is, that is the jam. Um, what I, my hope for this time is that we, we can't use created structures of religion to, 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 um, trade, what we need to do, which is to learn to trust that inner portal, that inner inner place that we can connect with God. And I think one of the gifts of COVID is it gives us a break from relying on other women and men to do all the lifting for us. And we're going to have mm-hmm. to learn to trust. We're going to have to listen to the voice of God in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, because like uh, where you learn to trust that is is in silence and solitude. And what we do is we go, well, I'm going to read the Bible or I'm going to read books on the Bible or I'm going to listen to this sermon. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay busy. And what we don't do is we don't go, I'm going to go on a walk for a couple hours and see if I can hear God mm. because so we're deeply afraid of maybe the interior poverty we would find by yeah. that time. But if, but that is the place that every person deeply experiences God, like even like David in the Psalms, like where he learned God's voice is out in the pastures. Mm. St. Patrick, Mm -hmm. where he, St. Patrick, where he met Jesus while he was a slave by Irish pirates in Ireland is like out in the fields. It was out, out by himself, out Mm -hmm. by yourself. That's Mm -hmm. where you will know, you will meet God, the living God. And then scripture and community and tradition, all of those things help and back up that personal deep, deep experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the so core true. of it. Yeah. I think we try definitely to, been a we try good to, thing. I think we try to sub it out mm-hmm. a lot. I, I'm guilty of it too. I, I can get really be like, I got to read this book. I got to learn. All, I got to do all this stuff. But I find that with a life with God, I'm sure this has happened to you, but isn't it funny if you've spent time like listening and listening and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, God's like teaching me this stuff. And then you'll read or hear a sermon and they like, here's this wisdom I'm going to give you. And you're like, oh yeah, I already learned that. <laughs> I already heard that. Oh, I've learned that. Where did I learn that? Oh, I learned that in the woods. <laughs> I learned that in my quiet time. Yeah. Like, and God's like, just like uh, reaffirming yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I know. I'm always like, 
I'm on the right path. You're like, <laughs> yep, yeah, you've told me that in like four different situations now. It's a nice okay, I get it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, but I agree that COVID has definitely, that's one of the biggest things I think it's forced us to step back and take, you know, analyze our own hearts and what we put hope in. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, like this test of, okay, you don't have like the, um, you know, church that you go to every Sunday and it's just a schedule, you know, it's, it's scheduled in every single week. And so you kind of already have that. And now you're having to step back and go, Hmm. Okay. Like, what do I believe? Yeah. What do I believe right now? You know, yeah. instead of just going through the motions. Yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong. It sucks and it's incredibly lonely and I hate it mm-hmm. so much, but it's just where we find ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've had the privilege of being back in church, you know, masks and all. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, it's happening for sure. But, you know, it, the first time I was back in corporate worship, it was like, oh, tears streaming down my face. I missed yeah. this so much. You know, yeah, it's sure. just, we need that, you know. Absolutely. Um, but let's jump into last couple questions. These are ones that I ask guests that come on the show. Um, I'd just love to hear kind of like what you're reading, listening to, watching, any of the above. Oh my gosh. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh listening to uh a book on tape, call uh, not on tape audiobook, Colin Jost, <laughs> who's one of the head writers for SNL. Uh, his memoir that he came out called a very punchable face. And it is (laughs) so good. It's so delightful. Um, so I'm in a, I'm in a creating time. So here's, uh, I'm in a creating time, which is, um, I released honest advent, but I'm writing my next book that's due is coming out next year. So I have like book deadlines. So I'm like Mm -hmm. diving into that. So I'm not taking in a lot. Yeah. Uh, like when I get done with projects, I'm like, watch, watch, listen, read, read. But um, it, I am researching stuff. Colin, that is just, actually, that's like, I'm listening cause it's really enjoyable and it's really good writing. So it's just mm. helping me like think about how to have my own voice in writing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, li- I listened to also, um, you're, be, you're a badass at making money by Jen Sincero. And that mm. book is really phenomenal. I think I've I seen that. Am, yeah. Yeah. It's really amazing. And I'm also reading a book about, it's called miracle worker and it's about, faith healing and it is uh i got it a long time ago and this has ever happened with books where you're in a room and then that that book's like now is the time for us to come together (laughs) and i read that book and i started to and i was like this is exactly the stuff i've been this is like like his first few pages i was like oh my gosh i did not expect this from a book like this because mm. like I'm all in all in all this vulnerability stuff, and he just starts talking about human vulnerability. I was like, "Whoa, mm. I did not expect this." So those are a few things I'm like reading, uh, listening. Uh, uh, Casey Musgraves. Uh, mm. I've, so good. I'm now I live in Austin now. Um, the, the new Hein record. I've been checking that out, and then just a lot of like classical music and like finding weird playlists with trippy stuff and then uh <laughs> watching i what did I, I just finished i don't know what i'm i'm not really watching anything just every now and then like comedy or uh like a, a little movie or something just short things nothing yeah nothing, nothing impressive yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. you're being creative 
That's yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. It's only like if I'm really exhausted, then I'm like maybe I'll watch something. But I, I'm not watching a lot. So yeah, not you're not watching The Bachelorette. No, uh, my wife is. <laughs> so I, I'm all caught up. So you're around. I'm around when it's happening. You wouldn't big, say big that drama. you're watching it. I mean, big drama this year. Uh, I but mean, yeah, for yeah. sure. This big drama yeah. every year. It's pretty intense. I mean, every no. time it's the most dramatic season of The Bachelorette. It is. It is. Even though. <laughs> It always is every year. <laughs> so funny. That's right. It gets better and better every year. Yeah. Uh, okay. Lastly, what is refreshing you these days? This is just like anything that gives you life right now in this season. Um, where in the world do you live? Not to give all your stuff. I'm in Dallas. Dallas. Hello, okay. Texas so you get it. Yeah. Texas mm-hmm. folk. Um, I, we moved in April from Portland to Austin. And oh, dang. So I only really know Austin as like a former uh, visitor mm-hmm. or COVID. So uh, it's yeah. been, that's been really hard. Uh, so I really miss, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest where I live most of my life. I really miss mm-hmm. that landscape. So one of the ways for my own mental health and spiritual health is like, I would say I need to start conversations with the land because I know what evergreen trees have to say, but I don't know what oak trees have to say. So I've been like mm-hmm. finding ways to be in nature Barton Springs is now open and I miss swimming laps and stuff. And I read this interview with a guy, this older guy who's like, I swim Barton Springs every day. It's not open every day. So you can't do that. But like, (laughs) um, so what I did is I bought it's no, it's colder now. Uh, but I bought a swimming wetsuit Mm -hmm. and I've been Mm -hmm. going there and swimming with the, with the other weirdos who will go swimming when it's 45 degrees outside, but the water is like 68. So you're like, Oh, it's kind of warm in the water, but that has been, (laughs) giving life to my soul to mm-hmm. just go s- swim in that water it's I'm great. sure it wakes you up it does <laughs> it wakes me up in lots of ways yeah. <laughs> that's right well thank you so much for coming on scott i really appreciate you just talking with my listeners and um just encouraging us in this in this season so i wish yeah. you the best with honest advent yeah thank you so much you guys, I am so thankful for Scott and just his message of awe for the Lord and his goofiness throughout our conversation. And I just pray that our conversation today echoes the psalmist as he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. May you find time uh, during this Advent season to just seek the Lord and quiet your soul in the hustle and bustle of this Christmas season or even just in those spaces that feel a little bit different or more lonely about Christmas in 2020. And uh, I just pray uh, for you guys as you are going throughout this Advent season. Let me know how I can be praying for you. Love you guys. See you next week. Stay fresh, my people.